Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we're going to continue going through King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. Uh, we did Warrior last week, which was mostly about action taking steps into the world to be the type of person you want to be, but not taking that use of force and uh, aggression too far, but understand how to channel that stuff properly so you don't run around acting like an asshole to people. A little bit of the opposite today, we're going to be talking about the magician, at least to start. We'll see how long it takes to get through this. And the magician is about the mental realm, which we'll dig into. So let's get it popping. So the energies of the magician archetype, wherever and whenever we encounter them, are twofold. The magician is the knower, and he is the master of technology. Furthermore, the man who is guided by the power of the magician is able to fulfill these magician functions in part by his use of ritual initiatory process. He's the ritual elder who guides the process of transformation both within and without. If you aren't familiar with uh, ritual initiation as it relates to masculinity, please go back and check out the Iron John episodes. Uh, it is the belief of older cultures that a man does not become a man without an initiation of some sort, a moving from the boy's world into the man's world, the father's world, instead of being in the mother's world, which is where you originally raised before you were taught a trade of some kind, um, introduced into what the men of your culture were like. Whatever they did, you learned how to do it at that point. In Western society, we have sort of uh, let the tradition of initiating boys into manhood fall by the wayside. So then you end up with these half-assed initiations what we talked about before, like gang violence, that don't really round the person out and has contributed to the crisis of masculinity that we see around us today. But I digress. So our entire civilization is basically run by magician energy back in the day it used to be like shamans medicine man witch doctors brujos if you're familiar with that and the more common channeling of this sort of energy way of being in the world is uh inventors scientists doctors lawyers and technicians that type of drive that is going to have you master a skill that takes effort to put in like you can't do any of these professions just off the bat you have to be brought into it and taught it and it takes years of study to get to a point where you will be proficient enough to perform this service on your own. Now, the magician is always an initiate himself, and one of his major tasks, like I said previously, is to initiate others. And he is the initiate, a holder of secret and hidden knowledge of all kinds. Any uh, field that you can get into, including the ones I mentioned before, that require specialized training over a period of time, you're sort of entering this realm where the uh, proficiency will not give itself to you easily. It takes committed effort over a long period of time. So the book uh, goes into the next section about the magician and his role in older societies, whether he was the shaman, uh, the medicine man, the healer, or the holy man. His whole entire thing was that he held knowledge that other people did not, and for good or ill, he could use that knowledge to uh, control 
and guide people in the way that he believed they should go. Another side note here, this is why I'd be wary with someone ever tells you that you should not know something and that you don't need to be able to look into something. If someone is trying to keep you from accessing information and saying that information is bad, but it's okay for them to know it, they are trying to use that information to control you. Information itself is neither good or bad, it is neutral. And what people decide to do with that information makes it good or bad. You could do all sorts of shit with energy, right? You can power cities, you can build bombs. The energy itself is a neutral tool wielded by man. Okay, from the book here, one aspect of the magician's knowing of his seeing into the depths, not only of nature, but of human beings, was his capacity to deflate the arrogance, especially of kings, but also of any important public official. The magician archetype in a man is his bullshit detector. It sees through denial and exercises discernment. So the realms of critical thinking, uh, being able to hold two ideas in your head without deciding if one is good or bad, but to run the merits through what you know to be true, not believed to be true, also two separate things, and the willingness to acknowledge when one is wrong and to change one's mind all exist inside of the realm of the magician. The book also points out that while the church, uh, basically anything that disagreed with what was in the Bible was sort of stamped out and in a way was trying to destroy the magician energy, it sort of came back around inside of the church because churches are really the only places where you could go and get a higher education. In any case, it is interesting to note that in our modern science, like the work of the ancient magicians, is really a cut into two different sort of sections where you have theoretical science, which is the knowing aspect of the magician energy, and the second is applied science or the technological aspect of the magician energy, the applied knowledge of how to contain and channel power. And they say that this is a magician age, and I would agree because all of our lives are driven by technology now. Technology does the work of more men. A machine is going to dig more coal in a day than a human ever could. Uh, most of us can't do anything without being attached to our phones. I used to remember, I used to know all sorts of fucking phone numbers when I was younger, and now the only one I can tell you without pulling it up is uh, my own, frankly, which I should probably work on that. But the major point being that all of our lives are driven by technology and we have all of these tools at our disposal. Now, the unfortunate part is we have taken all of the physical and technological advances of the magician archetype, but we have really abandoned the spiritual uh, sort of knowing like who we are as people and left that sort of in the past. In fact, the book goes on to say, uh, in terms of non-materialistic, psychological, or spiritual initiatory processes, the magician energy seems to be in short supply. We have already noted the absence of ritual elders who can initiate men into the deeper and more mature levels of masculine identity. Through, though technical schools and trade unions, professional associations, and many other institutions that express the magician energy in the material world flourish and provide initiatory process for those who seek to become masters in this sense, the magician energy is not doing so well in the area of personal growth and transformation. Ours is an age of personal and, and gender identity chaos, and chaos is always the result of inadequate accessing of the magician in some vital area of life. Most of us do not know ourselves, we do not know what we really want to do, why we feel the way that we feel, and as a result we suffer for it.
Okay, so the magician in his fullness, the proper aspect, right? Not in either of the shadow poles, which we'll get to here in a minute. What does all this mean for us men pursuing our own quest for personal happiness and for the life enhancement of our loved ones, our companies, our causes, our peoples, our nations, and the world? What function does the magician energy of the mature masculine perform in our daily lives? The magician energy is the archetype of awareness and of insight primarily, but also of knowledge of anything that is not immediately apparent or commonsensical. It is the archetype that governs what is called in psychology the observing ego. Ego, by the way, uh, in our current age, gets a bad rap. The ego is important because it's what allows me to know that if I'm hungry, I need to feed myself and not you. That I have physical boundaries and I am a different entity from you. The problem that you get is where people feed this fucking thing because they're looking for acknowledgement from someone else. And you end up with this giant inflated sense of self because you are unwilling to admit where you are not good at something or someone is better than you. Uh, where you can learn from someone else, or frankly, you could just delegate that shit out to someone else who is good at that. So, back to the observing ego here. In its proper role is literally to stand back and observe, hence the name they give it in the book, to scan the horizon, to monitor the data coming in from both the outside and then the inside, and then out of its wisdom, its knowledge of power within and without, and its technical skill and channeling make the necessary life decisions. So, basically, the ability to take things that you know, the stimulus that you are receiving from the outside world, analyze those things, and then spit out the proper action. Notice that you have to actually know something to do something. You can't expect people who have a lack of knowledge to behave in a certain way. Uh, now, once they know and they continue to do the wrong thing, uh, then you can have an entirely different discussion. But right action cannot be expected from the ignorant. We continue that the magician, then, is the archetype of thoughtfulness and reflection. And because of that, it is also the energy of introversion, not like shyness and timidity, but rather the capacity to detach from the inner and outer storms and to connect with deep inner truths and resources. Don't make decisions based on emotion. Emotions are good. I'm not knocking them and you'll never hear that from me. But to make all of your life decisions based on some spur of the moment emotion, which is fleeting and is going to change. Versus really sitting down and thinking about what do I want? Is this action going to get me what I want? If this may feel what good in the moment, but if you burn all your fucking bridges, you'll never fucking get anywhere. If you consider all of the areas of our lives in which clear, careful thinking based on inner wisdom and technical proficiency would help, which is frankly most of them, then we realize our need to properly access the magician. Um, as a story reference, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars is the magician. The guide, he initiates both Skywalkers, frankly, is the person who has gone before and is trying to help someone go to where he has been. From the book here, we believe that the many ways in which the magician has appeared in history and in which he appears among men today are mere fragments of a once whole image. The primordial magician in men has manifested itself most fully in what anthropologists refer to as the shaman. The shaman in traditional societies was the healer, the one who restored life, who found lost souls, who discovered the hidden causes of misfortune. He was the one who restored wholeness and fullness of being to both individuals and communities. Indeed, the magician energy today still has that same ultimate aim. The magician and the shaman, as his fullest human vessel, aims at fullness of being for all things through the compassionate application of knowledge and technology. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. 
Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family, you may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments, like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash podcast to get started. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L.com slash true, T-R-U-E, mp podcast and now back to the show okay so like all ways of being different types of of energy actions whatever you want to call it that you can channel i'm inside of the magician quadrant the shadow portion has two poles so you have the manipulator being the active part and the denying innocent one as the passive part but these are both not fully mature versions of the magician energy and like uh, every other version of the shadow pose sometimes you will tend to oscillate back between the two from the book it was the shadow side of the magician that handed us the darkest days of world war ii not only the technology of the death camps but also the doomsday weapon that still hangs over all of our heads mastery over nature a proper function of the magician is running amok and with incalculable results that we are already beginning to feel behind the propaganda ministries the controlled press briefings, the censored news, and the artificially orchestrated political rallies lies the face of the magician as manipulator. I think it's a good time to take the difference between manipulation and influence. So influence is where you're trying to get people to do things that are going to be positive for them. You're not lying to them. There's no coercion involved, no threats of violence, no hiding of facts. Like here is the deal. If you want what's on the other side of this, you can come with me or do these things and you'll get there. Uh, manipulation is the exact opposite of that sort of thing. You do hide facts. Sometimes it's done under threat of violence. It wants you to do something that is better for me, for you to take that action. Not, it doesn't, I don't care if it's bad for you to do that sort of thing. Out of the book here, a man under this shadow doesn't guide others as a magician does. He directs them in ways they cannot see. His interest is not in initiating others by graduated degrees, degrees that they can integrate and handle into better, happier, and more fulfilled lives. Rather, the manipulator maneuvers people by withholding from them information they may need for their own well-being. He charges heavily for the little information he does give, which is usually just enough to demonstrate his superiority and his great learning. The shadow magician is not only detached, he is also cruel. Book then goes on to talk about the many examples of people manipulating other people for their own personal benefit, uh, using the definitions that we just talked about. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we can all think of a time that we may have done this either consciously or unconsciously. Hopefully we're correcting those things and not doing that anymore going forward. 
or we know someone who has been taken advantage of by someone else, right? This is all the work of the shadow side of this energy. The man under the power of the manipulator not only hurts others with his cynical detachment from the world of human values and his subliminal technologies of manipulation, he also hurts himself. This is the man who thinks too much, who stands back from his life and never lives it. He is caught in a web of pros and cons about his decisions and lost in a labyrinth of reflective meanderings from which he cannot extricate himself. He is afraid to live, to leap into the battle, uh, as warriors do, right? He can only sit on his rock and think. And then eventually, years go by, and all you have is regret from never having actually tried to do any of the things that you wanted to do because you spent so much fucking time thinking, what if this goes wrong? What if somebody sees it? What if they make fun of me? What if I'm not good enough? You don't know any of those things without taking any action. You can't think your way into a better situation. Uh, you can figure out ways to get to that situation, but the action itself is going to get you there. Sitting around thinking is not going to change your circumstances. From the book here, in his fear of living, he also cannot participate in the joy and pleasure that other people experience in their lived life. If he is withholding from others and not sharing what he knows, he eventually feels isolated and lonely to the extent that he has to hurt others with his knowledge and his technology to feel something, right? Whether that's a sense of superiority or as the usual, if I feel like shit, I want other people to feel like shit. Whenever we are detached, unrelated, and withholding, when what we know could help others, whenever we use our knowledge as a weapon to belittle and to control others, or to bolster our status or wealth at others' expense, we are identified with the shadow magician as manipulator. So that was all of the, the active side of the, the shadow poles on the magician triangle, as it were. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the passive side, what they're calling the innocent one. The innocent one is a carryover from childhood into adulthood of the passive pole of the precocious child's shadow, the dummy. The man possessed by the innocent one wants the power and status that traditionally comes to the man who is a magician, at least in societally sanctioned fields, aka he wants the money, he wants the respect, but he does not want to share or to teach or even really take the time to learn the shit in a proper way. He does not want the task of helping others in a careful step-by-step -step way that is a necessary part of every initiation. He does not want to be a steward of sacred space. He does not want to know himself. He just wants the credit and the acknowledgement without having to do the work. I don't think I've mentioned sacred space in this particular podcast. Uh, basically, any sort of place where things get done and you have to pay serious attention to can be thought of as sacred space. In Iron John... The time in the forest was a sacred time. Whenever the boy was in the garden, the walled garden is considered to be sacred space. Things happen here that are more inward, inward, reflective, learning. It's different from your everyday tasks of life. Something that if you give yourself to, uh, you can be changed on the other side. Whether that is actually paying attention in class to being able to really uh, display knowledge that you've actually learned to going off on a retreat somewhere and then coming back a different person who acts differently. All of that is sacred space, right? Someone has to hold and teach in that sort of thing. You don't do that at your fucking job. You don't do that at the grocery store. There's a separate place set in setting, as they say in psychedelics. I'm getting off topic here. But the point is you don't do a lot of transformational shit in your everyday activities. 
back to the shadow side here. He wants to learn just enough to derail those who are making worthwhile efforts. While he is protesting the innocence of his hidden power motives, the man possessed by the innocent one, too good to make any real efforts himself, blocks others and seeks their downfall. The crabs in a bucket mentality, which is if I can't get out of this situation, if I can't make myself better, if I see you doing better, I'm going to try to pull you down in any way that I know how so that you do not escape. Crabs do this literally when you put them in buckets. That way, if you've never been crabbing before, once you get one crab in the fucking bucket, the other crabs are never going to be able to crawl out of there because they will literally kill people, the other people, crabs trying to get out of the bucket. This type of person hides truth for the sake of achieving and maintaining his own precarious status. While the trickster aims at the necessary deflation of our grandiosity, the shadow magician, as both manipulator and innocent one, works at deflating us when such deflation is not only unnecessary, but harmful as well. This type of person commits both sins of commission, aka doing the shit, and sins of omission, aka I'm just going to hold back knowledge that I know would have you make a different decision, um, and then hides behind the fact that he didn't know those things before, right? Basically feigns innocence, hence the name. If we are possessed by the manipulator, we will be in the grip of the magician's power shadow. And if we feel that we are out of touch with the magician in his fullness, we will be caught in the dishonest and denying passive pole of his shadow. In this case, we will not have much sense of our own inner structure, of our own inner calmness and clear-headedness. We won't have a sense of inner security because all of those things come from knowing yourselves. We won't feel that we can trust our thinking process. We won't be able to detach from our emotions and our problems. We're likely to experience inner chaos and to be vulnerable to outside pressures that will push and pull us in many different directions. We will act in a passive-aggressive way towards others, but claim to be innocent of any ill intentions. On the complete opposite of that, if we are accessing the magician appropriately, we will be adding to our professional and personal lives a dimension of clear-sightedness, of deep understanding and reflection about ourselves and others, and technical skills in our outer work and in our inner handling of psychological forces. As we access the magician, we need to regulate this energy with the other three archetypes of the mature masculinity patterns. None of them, as we suggested, works well alone. They're all sort of... Uh, heavily focused in their own areas of expertise where these skills um, are necessary and it is combining these things that you end up uh, a whole person. We need to mix with the magician the king's concern for generativity and generosity, the warrior's ability to act decisively and with courage, and the lover's deep and convinced connectedness to all things. We will then be using our knowledge, our containment, and our channeling of energy flows for human benefit and perhaps for the enhancement of the whole planet. So that is the end of the Magician chapter. On next week's episode, we will start with the Lover and go from there. As you'll have noticed that the King, the Magician, and the Warrior are all sort of detached from life on their own. And they require aspects of the Lover to sort of reconnect with themselves, what they really want, the ability to feel uh, emotions in general, a sort of happiness from things that you do in life, and the ability to connect with others. Like all the other examples here, it has its own shadow pose as well, which we'll get into. So until next week, I love you guys. Be good to each other, and I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at True, T-R-U-E, 
AMP underscore podcast. See you next time.